everybody sorry about that welcome to saturday show makes you think i'm having issues with my audio i got to redo this real quick let's see here uh all right jim bob you should be good now hey there perfect hey everybody welcome to makes you think i'm here with jim bob we're waiting on our very special guest pat cleveland to join us here any moment and uh we'll start the show uh as you know i'm vince tagluvia from the Red Pill Project, this is Makes You Think, our Saturday show where we talk about things that make us think. Today we'll be talking about one of the oldest megalithic structures known to man. It's a pretty recent discovery, kind of, and um, it's a very interesting topic. So we'll be getting into that. Of course, I'm joined by Jim Bob Ovalshorts, my co-host here in the old-timey TV with the knobs. And uh, you can find him at unconstitutionalawakening.com and find his podcasts and all that stuff and become a part of his community. Jim Bob, how you been, man? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantabulous, buddy. Just hanging in there. Like I was telling you before we started, I've been busy today filming guest spots and episodes for my show. And now coming to hang out, my favorite Saturday night place to hang out. So I always look forward to makes you think, bro. Like this is Saturday's a fun night because we always have good conversation about wild things. Absolutely, dude. How's your show going? Oh man, it's great. We've been we've been doing real good. We views have been pretty up, and we've got some cool guests coming in and out. Man, it's just just building our uh, a bunch of the co-hosts have been doing some work on the website and different nice. sections that they've created. So cool. Well, We're looks, getting there, man. It looks like we have uh, Pat in the waiting room. Let's let her in and introduce her, and then we'll get into it. Congratulations on all your new guests and all that stuff, dude. You're rocking it. Just trying, man. Got to bring everybody together somehow. Yeah, huh. For some reason, it won't let her in. No. What is up with that? And I'm blurry. Um, Sorry about this, guys. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. I don't know why, but my uh, software acted up. I had to reset everything, and now it won't let her into our room. Oh, I hope this isn't... Um, going on like this today. Hello. Oh, hey. Hello. I have no camera. Oh no, it's okay. Um, I can't. It won't give me permission to open up the video. But I can, do I can this. still. I can still. Did that speak. pop something up? Start my video, and it says, "Please allow Zoom to access your camera." 
and I hit okay and nothing happens. <laughs> and right. I have the camera turned on in the permission section. All right. Well, we could just do some audio. That's okay, Pat. Thanks for joining us. Uh, All right. We're just getting started here. As uh, I mentioned, this is Pat Cleveland on audio, you guys. This is a friend and a Red Pill family member. Um, and we're so honored to have you here. She is actually an amateur researcher focused on the physics of holistic state, uh, sustainability and an internationally recognized horse trainer and the founder of the balanced horse project uh pat you're absolutely amazing i love our conversations i'm so happy you're here tonight how are you is everything going well <laughs> well we just traveled from north carolina all the way up into ohio and landed about 20 minutes ago so everything is in chaos and two to up wow. that's absolutely perfect <laughs> now i get to talk to somebody who's grounded and logical and we're going to have a great conversation about some interesting topics today absolutely uh as i mentioned we're talking mainly about adam's calendar here one of the oldest megalithic sites known to man well debatably right but that's what we'll be getting into pat i'm not sure if you've met jim bob oval shorts but he's here with us as well yes hi i think we chatted on a chat one day <laughs> i'm pretty sure we have before yeah I've, 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 i recognize the voice so ah uh, yes oh so what do you think about adam's calendar i love oh. it Jim Bob, did you get it? How, what, what do you I did. No, dude, stuff? I did. I, that's that's you know that's right up my alley, man. There's yeah. when we get into like megalithic structures and stuff like that. There's so much awesome magic and things like that are surrounding things like this. So Seriously. I'm excited. Yeah, I I love our um, megalithics. I love stone, um, and from my research and explorations in life. I have recognized that a lot of these massive stone outcroppings, buildings, and mysterious structures are have a lot of physics in them. Yeah. They have a lot of vibrational energy. They have piezoelectric discharges, mm. so they're an energy source. They have sacred geometry involved. And perhaps they are the remnants of an amazing technology that was using resources of the earth itself to sustain societies. You know, I really think there's, I think that very well could be the truth, honestly, looking at all this. And we see these structures throughout the world, right? Everyone knows the pyramids of Egypt and Stonehenge and uh, these types of monuments that we've discovered. And I think they all kind of fit into that category. Am I right in that? Oh, I think so. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. The logic, the logic is there if you just shift the angle and change the questions you're asking. And I believe that all the mysteries have solutions if we just kind of be open to applying our imaginations. Yeah, imagination's key, and we see this, and I don't know if we could attribute it to imagination or to occulted knowledge, but we see in science fiction books and science fiction movies and even games and all types of creative works, energy coming out of stone monuments, like 
that are like Stonehenge and have obelisks where if there's magic, you get power from these structures. And it's just, you know, it's kind of on the nose when you really start doing this research that um, you could read that people have done, like Michael Tellinger, who you introduced me to, Pat, um, who has written books on exactly what we're going to talk about. Um, Adam's calendar. Uh, he also wrote Temple of the African Gods, correct? Yes. And then he wrote a third book, which was actually the first book I read, and it was called The Slave Species of God. And uh, you combine the three, and it definitely is a red pill moment. It's very interesting. When Michael, um, I had a radio show in around 2008 and i interviewed michael and he presented some very strong arguments uh relating to uh i've forgotten his name i think his last name was neely and he worked with resonant sound mm -hmm. and levitations and such yeah and then michael played a stone on our radio program Oh. And you could hear it ring for at least a minute and a half. And the resonance, the the quality of the sound really hit into your body. Like it would yeah. be like standing in front of a speaker at a concert and feeling your insides vibrate. So yes. there's got to be something going on. Yeah, and, and people a lot of people often describe that same kind of sensation when they go to pyramids in South Africa or Mexico or, you know, anywhere in the world. I mean, these structures are literally worldwide and oftentimes people do report this and historically, and even still today, shamans will go to sites like Adam's calendar and perform rituals and, and whatnot. Right. It's just, yeah. And, um, in Adam's calendar, which they think predates Stonehenge, mm -hmm. um, they have uh, energy fields that are measurable, and they impact your GPS on your cell phone. Uh, it creates, uh, there's two central stones that, um, which way are they aligned? They're aligned north-south, and they create an energy vortex between the two stones. Yes. So that's a power generator right there. Yeah, they've actually measured inside of these things to see how the energy flows. And it actually kind of flows in a spiral shape from the outside ring of rocks through the center. I'm going to try to pull up the images of this. Um it's fascinating that there's actually effects. If, if you just bring a simple compass that points north, which is a magnet, to some of these stones around the world, it will affect the compass itself when you get up over it or near it. Um, and and this is just this is just a solar, not a solar. I don't know if it's a solar calendar or not. They well, went back in off. What is it? astro-archaeology, mm -hmm. and they uh, tried to align it with Orion yeah, beca because it because the Giza pyramid structures align with Orion. Yeah. And when they backed it up, um, it aligned at 160,000 years 
to our Orion's belt. Yeah. So but that's... it was, yeah, but it was off by three degrees point seventeen minutes, and so they kept going back until they got an absolute alignment. Yeah. And that takes them into about two hundred and eighty-five thousand years ago. Yeah, I guess what they did was calculated where the star's alignment would be, and that's how long ago it would have been perfectly aligned with the stone structure. And here's kind of a map of it. Yeah. And the assumed alignments. And also the reason why they call it a calendar is because of the way, I guess, the rocks... Uh, well, you'll have like a rock in front of another rock, and you could, uh, kind of like a sundial in a way... Uh, use it as a calendar and to track these celestial alignments in different times of the year. Hmm. And then all around Alan's uh, Adam's calendar, yeah, um, running. Uh, what's it called? Umpalanga region in South Africa, mm -hmm. running up the spine of the mountain range going towards uh, Zambezi, Zambia, are estimated to be over 2 million stone circles. Wow. They are rings of stone that range anywhere from 3 feet to 9 feet in height with an average width of three feet and they are made out of these stones that come out of the riverbeds. Now, if yeah. you have two million stones, circles, and they're all mirroring yeah. sacred geometry, who built them? Because they have no doors. <laughs> right. <They're just> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's and like magic. <laughs> oftentimes people say, well, it's just the um, remnants of what was an old house or an old building from an old civilization. But in this example that we see in Africa of Adam's calendar, there are complete circles without any doorways or entrances, just like basically circular walls. Um, so it kind of throws that theory out the window um, and alludes to these being maybe actually something to have to do with that energy that we see. Yeah, and then the stone circles themselves, they're made out of the stones that vibrate, the type of stone that oh, yeah. um, Michael played on our radio show. Yeah, and they're and, hard, and they didn't come from that area. They moved them over, you know, about a kilometer and a half or a mile or two um, in American, right? So yeah. it's, it's just that interesting case, just like the pyramids of, you're telling me, Tens of thousands of years ago, they moved these and placed them so strategically. What is going on? Look, it's there. There's no debating that. So I I, uh, I don't think this is too far-fetched for me personally. I think it's legit. And, and so all these stone circles or these massive stone walls that are in a circle, they will be a circle within a circle. They may form the pattern of the flower of life. Um, they are connected with two parallel lines made out of stone circles. So every circle 
is connected as if it had a wire running through a circuit. And so are they connected and is their resonant energy being collected or used to be collected from the human frequency of the earth? Right. Yeah. And, and this, go ahead. <laughs> you know, and we have people like Nikola Tesla and we have modern people like Dr. Uh, or Dr. I always forget his name. He's the guy who does Royal Rife? Raymond Rife, maybe. No, it's, he's something Stein on uh TikTok and stuff. This is like 20, 30 year old kid. Dr. Parkinson. Yes. Thank you, Jimbo. I always forget that. And Jimbo always pulls through Dr. Parkinson actually got back into some of Tesla's research and harnessing earth's energy, which we know. Bro, earth... he, he powered his whole street. He has successfully sent electricity through the ether from one state to another. This man is a genius. Yeah, and he's been censored and all this. He's such a good guy, such a cool guy, seemingly. And um, it comes from the Earth. I mean, the Earth has its own frequency, which means its own sound, right? And uh, I think maybe these ancient civilizations had this knowledge that is lost and i wonder what would happen if we tuned up all these sites could we have free energy around the world and just some kind of enlightenment do you think like think so. that could really happen I think so. well bob do you have anything to say <laughs> i sent you dr parkinson's total tiktok page because you should totally share uh, in the chat right here thank you because it's oh. totally something to share but no like yes no i'm i definitely believe that there's that this goes back into like the frequencies that conversations we've had and even back into like the bell conversations that we've had and the uh and as i've heard people call it the antiquitec where they had these metal you know kind of like the way the russian buildings are built and stuff like that and they had all these metal tops and these things that were harnessing the energy out of the ether and like i think that because I'm, I'm a firm believer that the ancient people that we consider like ancient and not technologically advanced, blah, 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 I, you know, yeah. a complete load. Like, I think they were far more technologically advanced than we are and did it by using nature and frequencies and stuff like that instead of using man-made products to make money off of. Mm -hmm. So the things that I run across, because I cross-reference and try to connect dots, mm -hmm. and some of the things that show up are the they found three major cities associated with the stone structures, these stone circles. These, they were six, no, sorry, they were a hundred kilometers square which, if you translate that, it would be roughly 60 square miles uh -huh. of population. So that's millions of people living in an area that may have had Cesar-based technology. Cesar being sound or resonant-based oh, okay. technology. Cesar-based. Yes. And underneath or around the stone circles in a lot of situations, there's deep buried or um, covered up with debris. There are hexagonal 
patterns that bridge outwards from the stones or from these stone structures. And we see hexagonals in nature, like in the honeycomb for bees. Yes. So what were they doing with these things? It's that geometry. There's something to geometry and energy. You know, you don't build a bridge uh, without arcs or without triangles because it'll collapse. I think it's the same thing for transferring energy and utilizing megalithic structures as devices. So you see this geometry there. I think that's key. Yeah. And then if you think about it, if you get a chance to go online and look at Michael Tellinger's Temple of the African Gods or Adam's calendar, Mm -hmm. there are some pictures that you can find actually on michaeltellinger.com. That's his home website. I think there's pictures there as well. But it looks like there was a massive wall of water that rushed up the shores of Africa and slammed into these cultures that had these this technology. And I think the water must have come along and disrupted the, I don't know, the circuitry, if you want to put it that way, mm-hmm. and shut down the system. Because, you know, if you go back into the book of Genesis, in Genesis 1, it's talking about the earth is covered with water and and God is basically hovering. Right. And it's dark. Well, what if that civilization, now this is just, you know, subjective conversation here, but what if there were populations and cultures that were wiped out by water. I believe there were. And we see this with the mud flood stuff too, right? Have you looked much into this? Uh, it just fascinates me. And maybe there were multiple. Or, you know, I think that there was an ancient civilization that was advanced. And I think there was a not-so-ancient civilization that was also advanced. Uh, as uh, as recent as a few hundred years. Oh, Yeah. I just think it comes in layers or <laughs> waves. No pun intended. <laughs> and then and then what if the quality of the earth's tilt on its mm-hmm. axis plays a factor in how sound resonates? Yeah, and I was thinking about that exact concept, Pat, because we know that north is different than it was tens of thousands of years ago and that true north is actually wandering every day i wonder if it ever finds a stable point where it stays still for long enough to where we could build monuments to last a long time take advantage of it or if we have to continuously rebuild them jim bob well i mean not not to mention as i was pointing out uh recently in a video you commented on online that how what we consider, due to the law of magnetics, what we consider true north is actually south. Because a compass is a magnet, and it, if it's always pointing north, it's always attracted to the south. Because That's a cool concept! <laughs> well, don't think about it, because, yeah. because, because the law of magnetics states that the same ones attract and the opposites repel. And 
I have a friend in Australia. We constantly joke about him being upside down, and he's like, "You want to get technical? You're the one that's upside down." And he, this is he pointed this out to me. He goes, "Because your magnet always points. You're told that your magnet always points north, but the way the law of magnetics work, your magnet's always pointing south." He goes, "I'm the one that's right side up. You're the one that's upside down." And they're and, calling the south needle of the magnet north. The south. Yes. Yeah. Would be attracted to the would be attracted to the north pole. Because opposites true. attract on magnets, so that's very been, logical. I love it. <laughs> a, a, another another place where it looks like they probably lied to us. And, you know, it, it, it makes sense just because of the laws of magnetics. Absolutely, dude. Wow. I, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you go on. Oh, okay. Well, I was thinking that the magnetic field around the earth would have been different because of okay and here we go subjective okay. what if the atmosphere say of mars collapsed and all the water all the oxygen and hydrogen yeah. coalesced around the earth okay and yeah. you have this ocean in the sky that would capture the sound of the earth in a different way yeah, and the vibration of the earth's sound waves would impact the way our dna functions because our mm -hmm. dna reacts to different sound waves frequencies yeah. so that would explain the variations in human development mm -hmm. and perhaps the lifespans and then if there was a disruption in the vertical alignment of yeah. the Earth's pole, the magnetic field would shift and the water would drop out of the sky. And that could have been your first flood that created the devastation that shut down these systems. Dang. Possibly. Interesting. And you, we are a product of our environment, and introducing that much matter to a giant body would change it. Uh, hmm. Very fascinating. He's um, an, I don't know how they're interpreting the King's List. I've heard, I've heard two different versions. One is that they're interpreting the King's List from the Sumerian text mm -hmm. in the form of years. And another person is saying that they didn't count years, that they counted by days. But hypothetically, <clears throat> for convenience sake, let's say they did count by years. Okay. And you had all these kings living for, what, 10,000 years, right. 8,000 years. You go through these lists of yeah. lineage. And what if that was possible because the Earth maybe shifted from zero or true vertical to what is showing in Adam's calendar as being three degrees, 17 minutes yeah. off center. And today we're listing at 23, de 23 degrees, 27 minutes off center. So maybe the further away the Earth shifts from its true position, it's altering the energy signals, the frequencies, 
that influence life. That reminds me of like the Zodiac too, which would that even affect? I guess that the tilt of our planet does affect. The procession. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. You see, and you just, you go and you look at these simple things like these stone circles. And if you just sit back and look at the number of stones, what were they saying? Um, In the larger circles, there's over 500,000 stones. 500,000 stones were picked up and carried by supposedly megalithic hunters and gatherers. And according to the estimates for population in that particular area of South Africa, there was only 20 people. Yeah, I call baloney on modern history. I'll tell you what, that's the easy one for me. Um, but so the tilt, the tilt would affect the entire, it's almost like, this is what this makes me think of Pat and Jim Bob. It's like we're living in a dead planet almost, or like, um, a lost, uh, or like, uh, re or, or like a, uh, a, a, a civilization that's coming back up, um, like everything had been lost and now we're figuring things out again. And we've gone down a path of like different technology than is what is closer to nature on a bigger scale. It's really, is that, does that seem like a possible reality we live in? Jim Bob, do you have something to say? <laughs> I mean, no, no, that, that it's plausible. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm all about that. I guess in a way, Josh calls it spaceship theory, or I call it I call it the weird turtle in the vast ocean theory because like we're <laughs> like we're we're uh, there's there's some there's some truth to that. There's something going on, you know. That's okay. that's kind of the roots of where things like uh, simulation theory come and stuff like that. Like I and I've always got to point this out when I bring this up is that simulation theory bases itself on a geocentric model meaning that the world expands from the earth and the earth being the center of the universe Mm -hmm. and so like it's interesting to see how some of these other theories in a sense come back to this we're inside of something whether it be a computer simulation, a Earth, or a friggin' snow globe on an alien shelf, along with some other snow globes that are out there. Like, yeah. it could be any of the above. Like, it. The truth is, at the end of the day, the the real truth is, at the end of the day, no one truly knows what is the vast anything beyond wow. here, and we barely know anything about the planet to begin with. To be real with you, like yeah. we're we're constantly finding new things every day and things that they're like, that's not true. And then here we are 20 years later being like, Oh wait, yeah, it is. We're, or six months in some cases. So I wonder if it's everybody trying to figure this out or like, you know, I think some people know more things than others, you know, like you have the Vatican who has all of their secret things hidden, right? Who knows the most about what really is, I guess I'll just leave the sentence there. Who knows the most about what really is? Can I can I 
put some stuff on the table for consideration? Lay it down, please. Okay, I'm a simple horse trainer. I was educated in classical riding by the French military, the Canon at Canon Noir in France. Everything's built on symmetry. Perfection in geometry is symmetry. Why are we lopsided? What is the correlation between the lopsided human, the lopsided dog, the lopsided horse, and the lopsided tree? Yeah, and that's like like humans always have like a longer arm or a longer leg or even like a larger right. breast and a smaller breast or yeah whatever. so you're getting into you're getting into this theory i i'm sure other people have it too that the alignment of the true vertical axis of the earth when it flipped over or slipped sideways mm. had an impact on how the energy systems of the body were able to interact with the physical structures of the body. So all the science we need to know is in the symbols mm -hmm. that our ancestors left us. And now, I, I, I you know, I make I make reference to that um, about symbolism being used as archetypes i get asked constantly and it's not the one that's hanging up behind me right now but i get asked constantly about my pirate flag that i generally fly and i use on my show and in my tiktok videos and stuff like that and i've tried to explain to people that they are symbolism that was passed down as a way for people from the past to trigger and remind something that they already taught us and the secrets are in these symbols like there's there's a reason that symbolism repeats in a scene in so many places and things like that because it is the way our it was the best way our ancestors found to embed a message to us with that, that would make our subconscious recognize the message um, like, cause, like, somewhere, somewhere deep wired in you, you're connected to somebody that lived ten thousand years ago. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause of the way that genes and stuff work, and blah blah blah. So, somewhere in there, there is a memory of a shape that had a meaning, something astrological, something spiritual, something something. So it carries and, that forward. And it carries that forward. Um, I was I've pointed out in my flag the archetypes that connect back to like the Osiris uh, constellation and stuff like that, and the and pointing of pyramids towards the sky and stuff. It, it's it's really interesting to find where there's a lot in flag symbols. Like when you get into the yes. study of where flag symbolism comes from, like I've I've always had a hard, I've always been given a hard time for the base design of my flag being the stars and bars technically but it's when you learn that the guy that originally designed it was studying Egyptian spirituality and lore and put it in the flag he was creating you're like wait just a friggin minute what kind of shit are you learning right now <laughs> symbols, symbols often don't mean what you might assume they would mean yes, at face yes. value what we consider them to mean today they may have had a completely different meaning in the past i think they i think that they were trying to trans 
her information hmm. in a format that hopefully the next generation or generations past them could translate. Hmm. Now, I work with horses, mm-hmm. and horses are lopsided, and that's why they buck, bite, kick. People get fall off. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you have a lot of problems. So the same thing with the person, the body. Yeah. And I studied the patterns of the trauma, and they relate to the same listing that occurs in the modern tilt or the degree of angle of distress or procession of the planet. Interesting. So now I have figured in my own profession how to use sacred geometry to reverse the trauma or the incoherent harmonies or frequencies running through the body and when i do certain patterns just with my finger on the body it kick starts the memory of the key information that's held in your genetic code and this is why i think that a long time ago before the first flood that things were in balance and symmetrical and that's why these stone circles were able to produce a sustainable power source or if you want to go further if you look at the i think it's the thunderbolt project i'm not sure if it's that one or it's the electric universe where they're saying the planets in our solar system were not in a spiral but they were linked um, with their poles like a series of pearls floating through space without the sun like they're all attached to like a string yes and that string could have been the electromagnetic field or the Cesar exchange the sound exchange from the center or the black hole, the potential black hole, found in every planet. So we even had like a harmony within with the gravity yes. of our entire solar system. Yes. Oh, that's a fascinating. I got actually in the in the chat there, buddy, I've actually got a link that goes in depth about that. It has some visual aid that you could share with folks. It's kind of a long video, not you ain't gonna share it here, but I do encourage people to go look at this because I have actually heard about this before and I've looked into it myself. Yeah. About about the that thunderbolt type theory with the with the way the solar system works and okay. and, the and the plasma arcing yep. when the system fell apart, which would go along with the water dropping from the sky, like. You could just dance around this circle for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. But, absolutely. But, you know, when you think about it, just if you think about it, water carries a lot of information and energy, and we're made out of water. And what I did at my farm, call me crazy, I took these huge amplifying speakers for yeah. like uh, concerts, yeah. and we laid them down on top of the soil. And I played the harmonics of 528 through these speakers. Now, my land sits on top of one of the largest reservoirs mm. in the Florida area. And we saw massive changes in the behavior of the animals. 
the polarity of our ground, our soil, the acid count went from acid to closer to neutral. I have been on this property for over 20 years. Yeah. And I have never had to apply fertilizer. Oh, shoot. I'm going to try this. So now what um, happens if we use sound through water in our bodies? And a lot of people play harmonic uh, frequencies to yes. influence themselves. Mm -hmm. So what if we do yeah. that? Yeah. So what if we do that back for the planet? Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it would be matching. You'd match the planet or just be in synchronicity with the planet and nature. I think it makes everything vibe and grow, which reminds me, these megalithic structures, these stone circles in Africa of Adam's mm -hmm. calendar, mm -hmm. there's actually a, a, a trend where trees grow particularly well within these circles and you're like the trees are sparse you don't see trees for miles sometimes like or just long distances and then you'll just have a tree in the middle of this structure and there's actually studies done on this if i could pull if i could find it um where uh who did this I have it here somewhere, don't I? I'll look for it. But basically, that that's the case there. And uh, the one there's two trees in the stones at Adam's, Adam's calendar. Yes. on the north north south alignment. Absolutely, yes, there is, and it, it just goes to support that theory that it's the changes to nature that happen inside these circles encourages growth or encourages. Uh, harmony or whatever it's interesting and i think it's the lack of force within there that may do it i'm not sure um i, I worked with nasine harriman for a while and oh, really? he developed he he worked he did um he's trying to figure out scaling laws from quantum level to the largest mass in the universe and he's yeah been quite successful and he looked at harmonics and black holes and he designed a crystal called the arc crystal and they have been using crystal energy and measuring the growth rates of plants based on the end this this frequency that this particular crystal produces yeah, so all this stuff is sitting there. It's just like, can we join the dots and you know, you know just move forward? Well, what did what did um, what did popular fighters and what did kings and queens put on their jewelry, right? Or even on their armor? They they just had jewels. They had crowns of jewels. They had. Crowns of jewels. And they yeah. have these gems. I, I think that is because of exactly what you're talking about here. And it's to improve their life. It's to extend their life. It's to bring them wisdom. It's to do all these things. And there's a practice in India where they take and they break up jewels, precious jewels, mm -hmm. into fine powder. Hmm. 
and they use that powder to enhance the harmonics of the body, perhaps treat to treat states of disease. Um, and this is a practice that's been going on for over 4,000 years. So what do these people know? <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like, where that idea come from? <laughs> you know, and could we get back to the point? Because if I understand, understand kind of one of the theories, theories we're playing with here is that because of the historical, uh, historical examples of where humans are said to have lived hundreds or thousands of years, that things have changed and now basically we cannot achieve that level of healthiness or resonance with the earth to live that long now maybe is if i'm getting that right um could we I mean, get it back if that's the case i think we can like i i think i think i don't think we have strayed too far like i think that we have straight away but there are a lot more people even like myself that are turning back to a more natural state you know more connected to the planet and me and my co-host bandit make references to this quite frequently that i think maybe both are going to end up coexisting i think there are going to be people that connect back to earth more and find themselves having a longer life but you're also going to have people that just can't walk away from the system and are going to be a part of it. And they might get a longer life too, but it's going to be totally inside of a robot or on a computer screen. And if that's what you guys want, you know, the Jetsons can do their thing. But <laughs> I won't be down there with the Flintstones hanging out with Barney and having a good old time. Like, it, it, I think I'll be there yeah. with you, man. And I'm finding um, we've done um, coming up to 35 years of independent research mm -hmm. on restoring damaged horses and using just nature and sacred geometry to mm -hmm. kickstart their genetic origins, their authenticity, and they always move towards symmetry. When we apply the same concept to newborn horses, they mm -hmm. automatically develop body symmetry. These horses are naturally sustainable. They have no real requirement for veterinary care because they do not have physical stress that causes injury. Right. Their pH levels stay pretty close to normal. They very seldom produce a state of disease in their own life experience if they incur an injury they naturally restore their injury without infection or human intervention i have been doing this for most of my writing career trying to find the science to back up the experience it always takes me to physics takes me to sacred geometry mm -hmm. and energy not being light but being sound it's sound. amazing yeah and yes we, we know somatics affects you know sound is vibration and those vibrations naturally create geometry even some call it sacred geometry but i think all geometry is sacred sacred geometry so i don't say it, but um well, not all geometry is sacred geometry because you could have random chaotic shapes, but I guess I'll take that back. Uh, it's really interesting that that's the case, and uh, 
It's fascinating. I I, I, I do tie it back into the uh, the light and even visuals for myself too as well like like i can see where you can run it back into just the sound but when you start getting into the realm of shaman stuff and like psychedelics and stuff like that and get to talking into the realm of like the dmt studies and stuff that are actually going on like at at big schools and stuff there's these dmg dmt drip studies and stuff Mm -hmm. where they're studying the realm that everybody comes back and see from come, comes back from and has seen mm-hmm. and it has a lot to do with vibrational sounds and even light frequencies and stuff too because in what way man somewhere somewhere it does tie back together i think i found in my study stuff wow. that somewhere it, it it bridges a line somewhere like they they do tie back to each other eventually that's just my thoughts uh-huh i did find that um study it was done by um, John Burke or Berkey. How do you pronounce his name? Don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. Um, in uh, Seed of Technology, Stone of Plenty, a book that he wrote, Understanding the Lost Technology of Ancient Megalith Builders. He has some uh, some information, personal studies that he did. Um, and images where they grew Mayan corn a control group on top and then samples on the bottom that were grown at Tikal, a site. And they've produced many more, much more corn. So pretty cool. Supporting the trees growing inside these stone circles and then being aligned. And Pat, I can't help but just go to myself and be like, oh my gosh, do I need to start... Like, how could I apply this to myself? Because I want to take care of my body. I want to live forever. I want to, you know, and I try to just move around. And I know naturally our bodies kind of go into the right shape when you just, like, roll around on the ground and do these kinds of things. But I'm like, it's interesting. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what could I do? Um, start with some speakers. Well, and... Don't turn out like Pat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, I scare people. Um, <laughs> I just... It's pretty simple. Um, There's a book called The Body Electric that you can read. It talks about the electrical circuitry. Um, I've studied black hole theory, unified field physics. Unified field Uh, theory. Yes. Um, And unified field will take you to Nassine Harriman or to the resonance science group. Um, And I would take all of the science with a grain of salt but in there it's a lot of truths because i have followed what my instincts have pulled out of all these resources mm-hmm. and i have physically challenged like what's the point of talking about a black hole and all this potential energy mm-hmm. if you're not using it what is the point mm-hmm. of talking about this theory or that theory and mm-hmm. that's where i got frustrated and decided to apply theory to see if we could bring a practical application Mm. to benefit all life on this planet. Now, I've only been able to demonstrate change in people and in animals. I cannot openly go out and work on people, but I would love to be able to sit and support people 
in their own education because every person it's like those sacred stones yeah. michael tellinger said every stone has a unique pattern yeah and i thought about that and, and then it, yes and it took me to um is it Miramoto? No, it's, oh, I've forgotten his name. The Japanese fellow that did the research oh, yeah. with water. Yeah. And all Okay. And then you look at snowflakes. Yes. And snowflakes are just like the sacred stones. They mm. all are individual. And so I think I can support people having the experience that matches what they're supposed to learn because we're like the sacred stones we run on crystal driven piezoelectric energy yes. that vibrates through water and our water contains the information that helps to hold us together and our dna or our genes actually resonate with the universal or the earth-based frequencies and they apply the original structure of the most efficient state which is symmetry in both an energetic and physical form so yes there's things we can do the first thing i would look at is how balanced is your conductivity of your body mm -hmm. how balanced is your ph system good place and people are short on your colloidal minerals so your gold silver platinum iridium uh what's another one copper those are really important because our environment from my <laughs> observation we're fed acidic food. Yes. Water is acidic. The sound waves from our mu music are disruptive of any symmetrical patterning that could possibly overlay to straighten out your body oh or decrease state. I didn't think about it that way. You have cell phones, computers, and Wi-Fi in your home. That's like sitting in front of a microwave. Now, I granted the frequency that is produced by these objects is minimal, yeah. but it's electric smog, and it stops or retards the amount of natural frequencies that can your body can access. So there's all these little simple things in our day-to-day -day lives that we see as comforts or advancements, but they're taking us away from Mother Earth. Man, I, I agree 100%. The pH thing is true. I've read a little bit on this, and it's if your body is acidic, you are more prone to things like cancer, whereas in a basic environment, cancer cannot even grow so it's really an interesting thing when it comes to disease and inflammation having a balanced ph i think is a way that everybody could really improve their health dramatically and uh in theory so that's really fascinating pat you're kind of encouraging me to get on a health kick i think i'm gonna go to the gym <laughs> after, after the show well the other thing is, <laughs> the other thing is if, you, if 
if the concept that when the earth stood straight on her axis and what if we were surrounded by water in the sky the oxygen content of the air we would breathe would be denser and if you go and look at scientific studies Oh. Oxygen is one of those things that states a disease really has a problem with. Yes. Now, if you go back to the King's List and you see the longevity of all these people, was it because they didn't have the states of disease, the states of acidic that we currently are functioning with? And, these are all and, questions to ponder. And the disruptions that you just mentioned that were surrounded by 24-7, some of us. I mean, yeah. I went to nature today, but guess what was in my pocket? My phone, you know? It's like we never mm. get away from these things. And just think, uh, you know, I just drove through the Blue Ridge Mountains. Yeah. And all of those mountains are made out of crystals. Yeah. You were down yes, I was right over near you. Um, and they all generate frequency. Yeah. And so when you walk out into the mountains, you feel totally different than if you walked out into the desert. Yes, I'm absolutely. Gonna I'm going to take this to a weird place. That's why Bigfoot likes the foresty mountains. Bro, this because is why. energy functions better there. And this I'm, is why he walks barefoot. Because in the functions of walking in those areas and stuff like this, this is one of those things I'm always big into bringing back up is grounding. If yes. you can find five minutes a day in your time to find some way to ground yourself. Yeah, five being, minutes, bro. Just go stand in the moss. Being barefoot. Go stand in the woods. I'm just going to throw this one out for consideration. Please do. What if the human population was each a crystalline structure that radiates its own frequency. Crystalline structure. And we're on the outside of the planet. So if you look yeah. at a geode, if you look at a geode, okay. the crystals radiate to the center to avoid. Yes. Like a black hole. Right. Your pineal gland has crystalline structures lining it. Mm -hmm. What if the pineal gland crystalline structure is radiating frequency yes. into a black hole? Into a black hole? What if the way we, yeah. Like in into, us? In, yes. Oh, we have all kinds of black holes. Don't get me on that subject. Okay. Um, but oh. what if we are crystalline structures and we should be pulling energy into the core of the earth oh like a geode crystals like we're pulling energy from the outside into the yeah. geode like we are actually a part of this whole system oh we definitely are part of this whole system i agree but i never thought about it in such a big part of the system way ah, it's fractal it's fractal so it's uh, people would know holographic um mendelbrot's patterns repeating patterns absolutely we're part of that repeating pattern wow fascinating i i have a question it might i'm sorry if it's silly but it just comes to mind
Um, and it's kind of a serious question. And also it's kind of funny just because it's kind of, uh, eccentric, I guess, or eccentric. Uh, could there be a way to like make an environment? I guess there would, because you could make an environment. Okay. Could there be a way like I could attract fish by using this type of energy to a certain area of a lake by making it a more suitable habitat, maybe by using sound or by using frequency or by doing something like this, because it works on plants. Um, yeah. And a animal that has the free will to move may be attracted to areas like this. And I would think, I don't know, just a theory. And I, this is like exactly what you said, go out there and test it out and figure it out. Maybe. Right. I guess just start so, trying well, stuff and see what sticks. Okay, so I spoke with a Buddhist master, a wow. Zen Buddhist master this morning. Wow. I happened to find him in a camp uh. <laughs> at Gorge Park oh in gosh. North Carolina. Um, and it was a very interesting conversation. First of all, we didn't know each other. Um, we started talking about things and mm -hmm. lightning came up and we've both been indirectly hit by lightning twice. So what are the odds? <laughs> okay right. so that kind of opened the door to this very unique wow. conversation and i i went down my rabbit hole which is partly shamanic mm -hmm. and it goes that we are we're all animals yes and the problem is is that humans forgot to talk to the animals mm. so you can talk to your fish and you can ask them which fish is willing to come and provide you with a life force to carry yourself forward. I love that. Um, in the Australian tradition, women will go out and hunt monitor lizards. And they will find a lizard sitting out on a rock. And these lizards are like, oh, six, seven feet yeah. long. I mean, they're not little things. Yeah. And one woman will sing a song to the lizard. Yeah. And she's singing a song, a prayer to the lizard to ask him whether he's willing to offer or sacrifice his life to support the life of her community. Meanwhile, another lady is sneaking around with a stick, and the monitor lizard will watch both people. And if he chooses to run off, that is fine. He has said, no, he's not willing to die for the greater good of a human. But if he chooses to stay, then he's a gift to man. That's beautiful. It, it reminds me of a couple things. And I actually started applying this kind of ritual in my life because I really think nature is very important. And uh, despite the whole climate change fiasco, I do care about things like uh, pollution and things that aren't good for nature to thrive or for people to thrive for that matter. matter. And so, like, I will, uh, if I cut a tree down, I will ask permission of that tree and have kind of a ceremony and talk to it and then I'll do it. But I've also made a commitment to replant trees as well in those ceremonies. And I could apply that to fishing too. I think it would be really cool. And um, have you heard of this, Pat? I don't know. <clears throat> but this was going around TikTok uh, a few months ago. And what people were doing was they were walking up to trees on a rather calm, uh, wind-wise day. 
Uh, so a not too windy day, maybe like one or two mile per hour is calm day, three miles per hour, just, you know, so the leaves aren't going, the branches aren't going like this or anything. They'll walk up next to a tree that has a branch about right here, you know, and they'll say, Hey tree, you know, how you doing? They'll talk to the tree and then they'll ask the tree if it would like to touch their shoulder and they'd stand there. And then slowly the tree would just come down and touch their shoulder. And we actually had people on our platform, try this out and share the videos and it just blew my mind, and I'm like, trees uh -huh. are conscious. <laughs> I uh, can't disrespect Vince, I had a, What I had a guest on earlier today that uh, talks about going back into nature and talk, you know, talking to the plants and the animals and stuff like that. And, like he, he made it a very big point that said, if you're out there, you just need to shut up for a minute and listen because the woods will talk to you. Everything's that. conscious. Everything. And he was like a shaman dude. He was real cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pat. Everything is yeah. conscious. Everything. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, but my no. computer is conscious. My horse is conscious. The tree is conscious. The water is conscious. Yes. Everything. The air molecules that you breathe in are conscious. I so. It's massive. Our, if you could shift the human focus mm -hmm. just a little bit instead of the see me or, or the ego, yes. but to come into the state of awe and to be open to accepting and trying things that may make your friends laugh at you, but have the experience. Mm -hmm. Because that's where your magic lies. And there's so much energy held within the human body that the potential when we apply ourselves is unlimited. Oh, it's amazing. Man. I feel like, so... I'm, I read horse. I'm sorry. I I read horses in mm -hmm. Australia and New Zealand from mm -hmm. my farm in Dothan, Alabama. Yeah, and shift their energy fields and cause physical change. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, it's boundless, right? And when you see or perceive being unlimited, yeah, then all the stress of the day-to-day -day programming doesn't affect you. I love it's, it. And I know that sounds so unrealistic, but oh. I have lived my entire life by this principle. I don't think it's unrealistic. And I this conversation has really uplifted me and just given me a drive uh, for some reason. Uh, I really appreciate <laughs> you coming on, Pat and Jim. Oh, Bob. you're welcome. Uh, it's been such an honor. I think we're going to maybe just have a couple more ideas to throw out there if we want, and then uh, let everyone know where we could find you, Pat, um, just in case they want to check out your stuff, and uh, then Jim Bob as well. Okay. So was there another question? Were uh, you going if, to... If, well, I think that's a really great place to end it, but if there's anything else you want to add, you can. If we could go oh. in a few minutes, but... Uh, then we'll put your website out, and it's in the description. Well, actually, just, we'll just, just check out, um, check out uh, the Stone Circles okay. and Michael Tallinger. Okay. and yes, he has good points. And then there's naysayers, but the man yeah. has taken 
most of his life to put this in front of people to consider. And if you need to find me, I am Charlie Horse on the Red Pill Project. I have a Facebook page under the Balanced Horse Project. And I have a very old website, <laughs> which was done in 2011. Um, so it's not current, but you can also message me or read about my work at the Balanced Horse Project.net. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pat. And yeah, the, links, awesome. the links are I in the description. To- I'll, I'll, right. I'll have to get in contact you outside of here because I'd love to have you on and have some more of these co- type of conversations over there on my channel as well, too. That's, that's super awesome. Oh, well, I'm, I love expanding concepts. Mm-hmm. And anytime you have a moment to expand, just get in touch with me. All right, Pat. We will both be in touch with you because you're just a wealth of information. And I absolutely uh, appreciate you for that with all the conversations we've had and this was just a eye-opener for me i feel like every week's an eye-opener for me i'm just learning so much um i absolutely love it and i can't wait to start applying some of these things and learning more about them uh you guys definitely check it out dig deeper let us know share what you share what you find uh we do appreciate that um over there on the red pill project the social red pill uh is the best place and Jim Bob, where can they find you and your s- stuff as well? well? Well, of course, you know, folks like yay and a couple other folks out there always tagging me on the social for red pills. So you definitely can find me hanging out over there. And then, uh, of course, at my website, unconstitutionalawakening.com, and you get over there, you can find the links to watch me, listen to me, interact with me, social media, all the above, man. I got it all hooked up right over there or anywhere you can find Jim Bob Oval shorts. It's not that hard to look me up. You certainly do. Have I appreciate you guys having me on here as normal, man. But hey, I got. I wanted to. I wanted to offer. A, I've been doing pirate jokes for a little while oh. on my channel, and I figured I'd offer sure. you a pirate joke, Vince. So, uh, why do pirates carry swords? Why? Because swords can't walk. Wait, what? Oh! <laughs> because swords can't walk. I don't get it. Dude. I'm stupid. Am I, That's good. Am I dumb? I don't get it. Okay, forget it. <laughs> I'll have to figure that one out. I'll think, okay, don't bro. don't don't tell me. Okay. Thank you, Jim Bob. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, dude. Thank you as well, Pat. I appreciate you, and uh, I'll see you both soon. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know in the comments and everything, and we'll see you around the social red pill as well. And we'll see you tomorrow. Actually, no show tomorrow. Mick and V. Lynn are on vacation. Monday, we'll be back to the grind again. And until next time, everybody, have a great day, and Godspeed.